Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Hello and welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Podcast. Owen here with Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Owen. How are you? I'm good, and that's pretty much all you're going to be hearing from either of us, because this is Murph's Day after, uh, was it 29 long years, Ken? 29 years. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, Do you remember the, what age are you for the... I was uh, six. Okay, so... so I can't really remember. No? No, my earliest, really, my earliest sporting memory that really hurts uh, <laughs> is the 1990 hurling final that Galway lost. Uh... Yes, yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't remember the two that they won. I just remember loving that team and obviously knowing subconsciously that they yeah. had won and all the rest, but I've long forgotten sort of 87, 88, to be fair. So your entire adult life and pretty much your entire childhood life, you've been waiting for this to happen. What, is it one of those great anticlimactic moments where actually it's not that enjoyable to win the no. All-Ireland? <laughs> not at all. No, you're right there. It, it didn't look like no. it yesterday. And, you know, it's, it's weird because people saying this is Galway's fifth All-Ireland title. Um, but really what you're dealing with there is a win in 1923 and then three in eight years in the 1980s. And now there were only three players, I think, Sylvie, Lenan, Noel Lane, Connor Hayes, um, who played a part in all three of those games. But it's still three in eight years. It's, it, you know, they, they came along in a flash, pretty much. So what you have is 1923, one period of success, and yesterday. <laughs> That's the history of Galway Hurling. And in between all that, a lot of heartbreak. And, you know, what? Re- really what, what we've seen in the last five years uh, is this team. And again, there's been a bit of churn from the two, 2012 final team to the team that played yesterday. But the we've we've actually had a chance to, as Galway fans, a chance to watch the team develop and change year on year in a way that actually hasn't ever happened for Galway hurling teams before because... Up until 1998, it was just straight... Or 97, it was just straight knockout. Uh, and Galway were going into All-Ireland semi-finals and finals. And, you know, to look back on the careers of all these unbelievable hurlers, like the the legends of the Galway hurling pantheon, you know, Keedy, who, of course, we uh, saw so much about yesterday, uh, Pete Finnerty, all these guys played 
16, 18 championship games in their entire mm-hmm. careers, in these entire like decade-long careers. Um, great players might have had a cha- might, might have put in nine months of training and finally broken into the team, and then pull a hamstring the week before an All Ireland semi final, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it, it this idea that you could get to know the players and really. Uh, develop a relationship with all of the players, it didn't happen because they just didn't play enough games. And even after the onset of the qualifier, the the qualifiers, the back door, Gola still didn't have a home. They still didn't have, you know, you you went, everyone, the Leinster Championship, the Munster Championship existed apart and then Gola kind of, you know, edged almost apologetically into the championship every year as opposed to having a set position in the, in the calendar. And so since, since really, We've been since Galway were brought into Leinster, and since Galway won Leinster for the first time in 2012, it seems like Galway have a home now in the championship. Uh, they they have a career. All these guys that we've watched develop, you know, Connor Cooney has had a ups and downs, brought on in the 2012 final, taken off again after nine minutes. You know, like that, like that. He's had to work his way back from that. Uh, and we saw the the fruits of it yesterday. So it is. It's a, it, like it was in no way an anticlimax one. I'm happy to report. No, yeah, the emotion on the field was palpable. Really, My, even the the commentary teams. Michael Dygdon was getting really emotional after the game, and he's not even from Galway or Waterford. Yeah. John Milan. We'll hear a little bit of Milan now in a, in a clip we put together. The, there was a brilliant pick by James Crombie of Info of Derek McGrath. Literally crying on the shoulder of Big Dan Shanahan yeah. after the game. I think Michal Donahue's young lad was crying. There were yeah. obviously the Keedy family was there. It was huge emotion. Joe Canning's dad uh, in floods of tears when Joe picked him out moments <laughs> after the day. It was. It was almost like a pantomime level of emotion. I mean, it was just crazy. Like I was walking down the North Circular uh, towards the ground at quarter to one, say, mm. and there was. It was entirely different feeling to and I've been lucky to be at quite a few All-Ireland Finals over the last 10 or 15 years it was entirely like there was over 100,000 people milling around Crow Park yesterday I would say the number of people who didn't have tickets who were desperately looking for tickets around this I watched the Sunday game back because we were commenting on it all before the game and then I watched the Sunday game back last night uh, and it was uh, Anthony Daly mentioned it and it was like okay it wasn't just me (laughs) you know like it was just insane how many people were the place was just completely mobbed from midday uh, and everyone just going through the exact same thing like bouncing nervously on the balls of their feet that was basically what everyone was doing that I could see Um, yeah so for whatever reason it it was just like outrageous levels of uh, excitement over excitement did you manage to get out of Dodge Ken? Um, sure, and do you do you stay away from your home for All Ireland Finals no, in nearby Fairview? I was just in home all day. I was listening soaking to soaking it. it up from outside. I was listening to it, and then I stuck it on because it seemed like it was quite exciting. Mm. But then, go! I started killing the drama. You know, just <laughs> just go. I thought we did a pretty good job of prolonging it unnecessarily. To be honest, yeah. I mean, I I was watching. I mean, I was watching it. I saw the goals going. I kind of had it on in the background, and uh, I was like, oh, whatever, just going there. Go, that's good. Um. But about 55 minutes, it just seemed to get away from them. They were missing chances. Mm. Galway were scoring. And four points. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there was a spell, uh, I think, from a, after Niall Burke came on, basically, he made the, and Jason Flynn, they made the, they made the big difference. But at no stage was, did I feel comfortable. And I don't think any Galway people felt comfortable at all, all throughout. Just given the nature that 
Goal had played so well, and every time we looked at the scoreboard, Watford <laughs> were still level or a point down. Um, so f- no matter how well Goldway had played, it still seemed like the game was still really in the melting pot. So it kind of felt like maybe it might be the sort of day where Goldway would get caught by something horrible. Well, a draw was what everyone was talking about at halftime. Yeah. People were thinking, checking the on, on TV, there were, Henry Shefflin apparently had been asking during the ad break, when's the, right. <laughs> when's the replay on? And Michael Lester had the information for him by the time they went back live on air, which meant the whole nation got to hear when the replay might be, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is pretty handy. So there was that feeling for a while, but I think Goldway definitely... Deserve to win. Owen Kelly's going to be in studio with Maggie Clerkin today, and we'll chat to one of those men you mentioned earlier, Murph Nolan, who won three All Ireland, scored winning goals in two of them, or go, go, goals in yep. wins in two of them. Certainly, it was weird. It, it, in the run up, I was like, "How will Nolan end up scoring the winning goal in this game?" Because that's always what happens with <laughs> goal to win All Ireland, and obviously that was ridiculous. Until I saw Noel Lane on the field, literally two minutes or two like twenty seconds after the game had finished, he seemed to be the first man over to Joe Canning, giving him a hug. How yeah, is yeah. He, how is he there? But no, there he there. is. We'll get into that. We're going to do all of that after I give you a little snippet of Richie's latest players' chair interview in the World Service. The guest was Ulster and Ireland international Andrew Trimble, and the conversation was pretty incredible. Here he is talking to Richie about his faith. You know, I'm, I'm not walking around with a reverence collar. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Even that that question, I thought, is like a perfect illustration of yeah. of how you know it would be seen elsewhere. That even by me asking whether other people are interested in speaking about it, I've fallen into the category of pigeonholing you as something other than something different than the rest. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm exactly the same as the rest of these lads. They don't see me as a, as a Christian or or someone who's different to them. It's it's not on my agenda to try and brainwash anyone or, or try and manipulate them into believing what I believe these are just my mates you know I, I'm, I'm not anything different to the rest of these guys yeah there you go secondcaptains.com if you want to hear that chat in full with Andrew Trimble is really good stuff and if you want access to the archive of Players Chair episodes including Mick McCarthy Duffer Anthony Daly and loads loads more right now let's do this you know we're, we're very proud of the lads albeit I acknowledged last year that moral victories are probably gone in Waterford if you like so 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 hard to get back here again, you know. I'm I'm an emotional wreck here now at the moment. Uh, look, I'm I'm in tears tears for my own county, but I'm absolutely I had one of the best nights of my life last night with a lot of an awful lot of Galway people. And if we want to go and win it, fair of choose the choose the Galway. Joel Kelly goes back to take the line ball. It's on the verge. It's on the verge for Galway. Joel Kelly with the line ball. Back outside his own body. It's all over. Galway have won the All-Ireland Championship. Mick Kelly back in 1923. Joel Kelly in 1980. Connor is the man to my left in 87 and 88 with the captains. But David Burke is going to captain Galway to the fifth All-Ireland crown. We think of Tony Keeley. We think of Joe McDonough. We think of Niall Dunnow. We think of Michael Corkin. We think of every great hurling person that has left us in the massive, massive time of 29 years. Connor is, I don't mind an admitting it, there's a fair few tears in the eyes. This is absolutely magic. Uh, brilliant, Sean. That's Sean Walsh calling it for Galway Bay FM. Sean, is, Sean had had a pretty emotional day all around because his son 
was playing midfield for the Galway Miners, right. who also won uh, the All Ireland. Uh, so that was like two hours after he'd seen his son win a minor title. So Sean was riding high on a wave of emotion at that stage. Yeah, not a bad day for Galway Hurling. All in all, yesterday, I think he could say. We're going to have no lane on for some of this chat with Malachy Clerken and Owen Kelly, who are both in studio. Hi, fellas. All right, Owen. Owen, how are you doing? Well, pretty good. We've been talking about the emotion of the occasion so far, and particularly the post-match scenes did it feel that way was it was it one of the more emotional finals you've been at Marky? it's certainly uh yeah certainly the build-up to it um was entirely emotional it did you know the i kind of felt coming into it almost kind of walking up i I walked down from Drumcondra, and uh usually you kind of walk past the pubs even out around it and fair enough there's always all ireland final day tension but like it was, it was nearly quiet, kind of walking into the stadium. I walked in about sort of, I don't know, about half one, about two hours before the game, and there was, you could see that there was quite a few people already in because you know Galway were in the minor final as well. But I don't know, there was a real sort of tension around the place, and I think it was essentially very much down to the fact that they were both playing who they'd like to be playing in a <laughs> final. You know that. Or, or more accurately, they were both not playing who they would not like to be playing in a final. You know, there was no bogeyman staring across the table at either of them, you know. Um, the reality dawned that we can win this. <sighs> totally, yeah. totally. And and a little bit of it uh, flavoured with the fact that we can win this and we don't know when we're going to be back here. Mm. Maybe not so much on Galway's side, but certainly on Waterford's side, you know. Like, you don't... Uh, you slide all the way down the snake after an all, after you lose an All Ireland final. You don't you know you don't start from just just below the mountain top. You go right the way down yeah, to I, the start again. I, I agree with you, Malachi. There, there was a realization. Yeah, we can win this, but there was a big realization. There's some team going to go home empty-handed yeah. too. And I think Michael Dyke struck a chord for me in the Sunday game last week when he said, "Look, it's a great final pair, and it's going to be a great occasion. We're going to have new champions, but there's going to be a loser here." Mm. And just seeing John Milan in one of his articles this morning, he said the Burlington was a horrible place last night to be. The question mark, will Derek stay on? You know, so it's it's a funny time now for Waterford. Um, and I think that realisation was probably there with Galway there. Yes, a small bit too walking up to the stadium. Maybe mm. if a thing doesn't go right for us today, you know, will this cripple our team? But, you know, they were the favourites going into it and... And they, they played, played, like, played like that. They from played the start. like that. Like they the, like the, 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 the opening fifteen minutes, you know, you can't ask for better out of any team in an All Ireland final. They took nine shots, scored nine points. Uh, didn't they had seven different scores? Seven different scores. Yeah. And one of those, like, like it was, it was the way Kilkenny used to start All Ireland finals. You know, it w- straight it w- out of the blocks, bang, one point, one minute. Two minutes, two points. Three minutes, three points. Mm. The fourth point went over in the fourth minute. And almost every Waterford touch of the ball up to that point had been a, a mistake. Like a small mistake. A tiny nothing mistake. Noel Con- For the f- second point, maybe, Noel Connors went over and just couldn't quite rise the ball. Now, Noel, I thought, was one of their best players on the day. I don't think he made a mistake he after. He was, and he had a job to do, and he'd done it fairly I well. I don't think he made a mistake yeah. after that. But it, it ended in a point, and you were just going... Wow, Waterford can't get into this game, and everything Galway is do- are doing is exactly the right thing to do. And I, th- I kind of felt from that point on, Waterford were hanging in. They got a couple of poxy goals. Now Kevin Warren took his goal really well, and Brick did really well for it. But there's no way he should have been that free 
inside the cover. Aiden Hart getting, getting caught as your sweeper, yeah. getting caught, yeah. you know. Yeah, and look, you know, when you were watching it, you know, four or five minutes, you were like, oh, no, yeah. don't yeah. be yeah. a 2008, 2008 again. You were exactly. like, you know, and you were like, this this can't happen again. And I was so happy to see Kevin Moore mm. as a neutral hit in the back of the net because, mm. you know, then you said, right, and they tacked on a pint or two after that. But just Galway were getting their scores easier. When it went up to their forward line, you just expected something to happen. Whereas when it went into the water forward line, you were probably, as a neutral, hoping something had happened yeah. for them. So it just showed you that Galway really turned up. And mm. even listen to the aftermath, I'd say it was their focus and their attention to detail and mentality, I'd say, over the last couple of weeks, probably even had them in such a, such a well-focused mind yesterday. Yeah, I mean... Really, when you look at it, Galway were a good bit better than Waterford yesterday. And it was the lack of, the you know, a goal for Galway at nearly any stage of the game probably would have killed off yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, but it is easy to, hear to, to, to sit here in hindsight and say that Galway were always going to win it. I mean, I don't think many people were that comfortable with Galway winning it right up until the last, you know, the, the last block on Austin Gleeson to put him over like, there. Like, honestly... Uh I was saying this to somebody last night. Like a goal in, in an All Ireland final is worth more than three points, mm. and that goes for whether you scored or whether you conceded. I couldn't believe. I don't know. You, you know, you get caught up. Uh, I I was writing an online report, so I had to file fairly sharpish after the final whistle yesterday. But after twenty eight minutes or twenty seven minutes or something like that, I looked down at my my notes and went, "Oh my God, Waterford are level here. Yeah. How did this happen?" <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it was it was two four to ten points, and you're going. This is not a draw game. Yeah, but the goals the goals were worth more than than, yeah. than what they like were a, in the like scoreboard. Like halftime was fourteen points to two seven. Was yeah. it? Yeah. So fourteen scores to nine, which was yeah. about right. That's how dominant yeah. Galway were. But yeah. the goals were just ha- keeping yeah. Waterford hanging in but there. Like. As you say, Murph, you know, not too many people would have thought that that, that Galway were actually going to lose. But the, there was that turning point. Kevin Moran lined up a point. And put it wide, yeah. uh, sort of 10, could, 10 yeah. 12 minutes to go, kind of thing. Yeah. And Galway scored three points in the next three minutes, and that was it. Yeah, that that was that was the know. final sprint for home that Galway yeah. had. But up until then, you know, for all of the brilliant hurling that they played, I still felt that there was an inhibition about both teams in ways that that tension, that emotion that we've been talking about, it did actually kind of manifest itself in the game. In that it never. I thought it was. I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a great occasion. But I thought that both teams were a little nervous. I don't think at yeah. any stage it was freewheeling. Yeah, stuff. it was. It won't go down as the, one of the best all Irelands we've seen now. But like Galway players don't care this morning. But you know, um, the only thing I suppose with Galway, um, I think all season they just seem to be that bit of composure. You can say got them through, got them over the line. Yes, you know. Um, even you found David Bourke hitting space, maybe finding space in the first half, and he was picked out with a crossfield pass. Whereas other times a guy might just swivel and zip the ball in. So that goes back to what I was saying. They were seen to be getting their scores easier, way easier than Waterford. Um, that nervousness was there. There was a few breaking balls that you know, took guys once, twice to rise it up. Even I think Ty de Burke had one all on his own in the first half, yeah, and yeah. he fumbled it. And I know you're saying the man you're, of the match, Garrod McInerney, yeah, had, had the you, same thing. You're saying he fumbled half. it and he had time, but it's still giving a defender down the other end, Galway, that extra second or two. Mm. To really stick to his man, touch tight. So, you know, it wasn't a classic by any means. But look, when you look at it, then some of the points that Galway Galway scored and created were unbelievable. And I suppose you kind of said to yourself, "We have this." When Conor Cooney got that outrageous one over his shoulder in the in the second half, and Galway followed up with a couple of more scores. Like, so if you judge some of the point taking in comparison to other Ireland's, 
they're right up there. Some like. of the points I was taking, and some of the d- defensive play I thought from Galway. Okay, they, they, there was a slip for the first goal, a defensive slip, you might call it, and just a goalkeeping mistake for the second mm-hmm. goal. But other than that, they just seemed to make life unbelievably difficult for Waterford. You mentioned Goward McInerney. I think it was him who got went in for a shoulder at one stage with Austin Gleeson and actually came off second best from it. And it struck me, it, that nearly shook him into life. He, he took the game over, but from the scruff of the neck from early, if that if I might have misidentified him. No, no, him, that, it that was him. Yeah, yeah. Very, very shortly after, he leathered another Waterford mm-hmm. lad and suddenly he's really into it and really playing the way he, he has done all season. Dahi Burke as well. There were a few of them that made it really, really difficult. So go, so Waterford get these two goals kind of out of nothing. But other than that, were they an attacking threat all day? I mean, Austin Gleeson mm, barely, barely turned No, up. just even after half time. That's I remember the you know like sometimes the ball is thrown in at half time. It's just to start the game. But for Kilkenny, that was a chance to get a score on the board. Mm-hmm. Like and the ball actually went into the Waterford full, full forward line. And for me, that really stood out Waterford all day. I kind of just looked at it and there was five Galway defenders mm. there and I don't even think that's including the goalkeeper. Mm. Maybe it is. There was five and Morris Shannon kind of he got his hand to it at the, and then it fell to the ground and he was just eating up. So once you seen that you were saying like Watford, you know, you're not attacking as much as you were against Cork. Now it opened up against Cork but a big thing for them too was Jamie Barron wasn't able to break the tackles. He was for a certain point in the game but he tired then and he was sick. He had the flu during the week. So right. he, he ran out of gas. Like, you know, so once he's not attacking going forward, they really don't create that overlap. Yeah, I think what you, what you see with Waterford sometimes, and this is why, you know, in fairness, that, that they do take flack for this system. Because when it doesn't work, it looks really, really terrible. Like, it really, you, it looks like you're isolating two forwards against five defenders it looks like you're giving them no help. It looks like you're just pumping ball into them and sending them on a fool's errand. Uh, like happened to, like Jake Dillon came off Yes, He must have just been going, ugh. Like what? What? What happened? Like yeah. what, did I, what did I what contribute was I to this all Ireland final? Know. You know, I really felt, I felt that against Cork as well. It's yeah. like, if I'm Jake Dillon, what am I, you know, yeah. what, like, what am I getting out yeah, of this? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, but, and the, but the thing is, when it, it it's all part of a plan that they that they set it up so that the subs come on and the subs come on and there's so much speed. Yeah, but <laughs> like, let's give me Hall. Don't know who credit you know that system. Yes. which Waterford when they get ahead, they're brilliant. Mm. Similar to Clare a couple of seasons ago, when you get to three or four points ahead, it's an unbelievable system because the other team is pushing forward mm. to try and get scores on the board, and you suck them up, then you hoover up possession, and you go on on the counter attack, and that's when it works. But after the first three minutes, got her three points. Four Trying to chase the game. Four, then. You're chasing yeah. the game then. Yeah, and you have so hard. little margin for error. Everything has to happen. Like all, like they they hit. I, I think they hit four wides in the last sort of seven minutes or so. But they were like they would have been glorious scores had they gone over. Like there was no, they weren't handy wides. Like they weren't. They like. You weren't kind of groaning at them. You were just going, look, they're reduced to having to do this. And that's what I mean. When it goes wrong, it looks really bad because it squeezes the margin for error so tight and it puts such an onus on them to be brilliant. And when you have somebody like Jamie Barron who was sick during the week, so he was their best player all year, when you have Austin Gleeson who just could not no. get into the game, you know, he looked like a young guy out there, which he is, he's 22, you know, but he looked like a young guy playing in his first All-Ireland final and it passing him by. Is that down to the system, as everyone talks about when things go wrong for Waterford, or is that down to a, an unbelievably talented player who is hurt of the year and has delivered frequently, but sometimes has these games yeah. where he, he just doesn't? Is it down I think to it's him? A, I, think it's, I think it's more... I, 
I, th- I tend to think it's more on Austin in this mm. instance anyway because I just I looked at his body language at times yesterday and he was kind of strolling around. There was one bit in the in the first half and Dan Shanahan and Derek McGrath had been on to him for like the, that hit on Garoud McInerney like 10 seconds earlier Dan Shanahan had been like finger pointing at him get into the game yeah. and he emptied Garoud McInerney and you kind of you're kind of looking maybe this is it but there was one point there was a ruck away over in the sort of the corner between the hill and the Cusick stand and Brick Walsh was in it and there was a couple of other Waterford guys in it and Gleason was nearly leaning on his hurley in the middle of the pitch. And I was going, like, if they come out with the ball here, and actually Jamie Barron did come out with the ball, like, there's a heap of space. in fr- There was 40 yards of space in front of Gleason between him and the goal. Like, he was standing in midfield. But he was just kind of standing there. And he just didn't look interested. He didn't, like... And this is all looking on from up in the seventh floor of the stand, but he didn't look, even look like up on his toes or kind of right. Mm. This game could break my way here. I'm gonna, you know, yeah. It was it. You you couldn't really work out what it was that he was doing there. And there was a couple of there was a bit of that from him during the day. I just thought his he it just looked to pass him by, mm. and and he it's it's one of those days, you know. Yeah, it probably just goes back to Galway's experience of playing in these finals. Mm. You know, for most of that team, mm. this was probably the fourth final draw and 12 replay 2015 you know it's it's such a massive occasion like you know I don't when the all Ireland weekend comes around like you get that tingling feeling yourself like it's you know it's it was highlighted as probably one of the most important days in the sporting calendar mm. like in any you know in any season but did that get to Austin Gleeson a little bit do you think I, I thought it got to water even a small bit mm. I thought it got to him a small bit started the game whereas Galway just had the experience of being there you can't beat it you, yeah. you can talk about it you have to go through that yeah. someone was saying to me actually last night that uh, in the even before the game of the anthems, the Waterford players looked very nervous. I must say I didn't notice it yeah. myself in the ground, but that you know they they looked very young, you know, and they, they are a very young team. You know, do you take more yeah. and Kevin, and you know something, Michael like, Welch out of the team. You know, it's going to be hard for him to take today. Will Derek stay? He needs to stay. Yeah. They need to get back there in the next two seasons, mm-hmm. or else what you've built up and what you've learned about that experience on the day, you lose it all again. Like you know, so it's it's crucial. All right, guys, let's now talk to a man who is right in the thick of the on-pitch celebrations for Galway, Noel Lane. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning. I'm fine, sir. Absolutely relieved and delighted and ecstatic and all those things. You know, Monday morning can be a funny morning after an All-Ireland. Certainly as a player, if you win, it's great. If you lose, you know, the poor Watford guys this morning when they wake up, they won't be in a great place. But, uh, you know, they'll just get on with it and people will console them and it's off to those in All-Ireland, but... They'll be back. Since the pitch invasions were done away with, I, I enjoy watching the celebrations of the team and, and some supporters who are able to get close to the action. You know, yesterday, you, you see Tony Keady's family out on the pitch, for example, uh, trying to enjoy the occasion. Pretty special moments for, for Galway, particularly given the year that people have had. That's it. We're, we're a, a tough couple of years, really, you know. We lost Niall Mack, who played with us in 1980. We lost John Ryan. You know, we lost uh, Joe McDonough a couple of years ago and uh, Tony Keady earlier this year, you know, and that's tough and all the emotions. <clears throat> and I, it was amazing yesterday after the game. I thought, it's, you know, that Galway would just uh, pour onto the pitch. But people were just stuck to their seats, really. And, and uh, I got out all right. I had a, I had a hug of me. I don't know who there and Joe Kenning and a few lads. And I seen Margaret out there. It was great. But... Uh, I think that it was just pure relief for Galway in the sense that after 29 years we won the All-Ireland and uh, you know it might have been a great game 
but whether it's two points to one or whether it's a bad game once you win that's the most important thing and it's great for Galway and great for the players in particular and management and the group and everyone involved and supporters it'll probably only sink in the season when we get back to Galway and the homecoming and all that but absolutely brilliant and you know it's so sad with the Keevy family and all of that but I thought the tributes to Tony yesterday by Croke Park during the game and after six minutes and all of that I thought it was just uh, brilliant and uh, you know bittersweet in many ways but at the same time you know for the rest of us it's great to just close the gap and Waterford they just have to wait another year You mentioned Joe Canning who was one of the people you, you got got over to give a, a bit of an embrace to Noel. He was in with us in May and he was telling us then that winning the All-Ireland wasn't going to define him. As far as he was concerned, he, he wasn't going to be defined by this one way or the other. He did accept that in the eyes of others, they probably probably would define him that he hadn't, if he had never got over the line there. Does it feel like this was a career that needed an All-Ireland to, cap- hopefully there'll be more than one for him, but needed him to get over the line at least once? Yeah, I think anybody that plays with our county, you know, the, the, and I, I, I'm very friendly with players and play golf with players that played for 15, 20 years with our county and didn't win one, and it kind of leaves a void. Uh, I think, you know, to win one, doesn't matter whether you have two or ten after that, but I think for a county player to win an All-Ireland kind of stamps, you know, it's a stamp of approval. Uh, it's an affirmation, you know, in a way, and... Um, Maybe it's a material thing, I don't know, but at the same time, in holding and in football, in the sport, you have to, it's, to have the medal means a lot. You know, when you think of his brother Ali and so many great players in Galway that have gone through the last 20 years, uh, Eugene Clune and Joe Rabbit, so many others like that were outstanding players and, and, and didn't. It leaves a little vibe, but at the same time, you know, they, they would still be regarded as great players but uh, I think for Joe I think it just is that little stamp uh, of approval having got the All-Ireland and deserving this so a great player it would be a shame if someone like him uh, finished and didn't but look at Joe is a great fellow I see him come up to stand afterwards and I see him picking young fellas and kiddies and babies out the stand and bring them out and hugging them and he was so grounded and he's such a great person and a great man and I met his parents last night, you know, and Joe talks openly about, you know, both of them. His father had some health issues. Mm-hmm. His, mother, his mother had some health issues. They're both fine now, but he's, he's such a grounded person, uh, and that's what I really admire about him. What did you make of Joe's contribution yesterday? As, uh, on, on, on the pitch, On the yeah. pitch, yeah. Well, he scored 10 points. His frees were, were spot on. Um, he scored the first score of the game for Galway. Like, when you see your leader up front really hitting the first score, you know, kind of everyone gets a lift off that, like, you know. Um, I think he's, look, his game has changed, you know. Um, he had the first three possessions for Galway nearly. So, you know, when you see your leader handling the ball um, early in the game, it kind of gives everyone that lift around. But, you know, I never questioned him as a player. Like, he, he was always a top-class player and a team player. He was always an unselfish player. If there was a guy in a better position, he'd give the pass. And nearly 10 times out of 10, that pass was right into a guy's hand. So... You know, his sidelines, only Austin Gleeson matches him on that front now. You know, there's a couple of guys, maybe Mark Coleman, trying as well. But, um, you know, he's been a serious player since since 16 in that club All-Ireland final for Port Tom in the back, was it, in 2006 when they beat uh, Newton Chandram. And, uh, you know, I think he, he'll realise that it's 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 team. It's You know, and I'd say, look at the pressure that was heaped on him 
when he started out, you know, and then he hit, hit the ground running two twelve against Galway in that uh, in that qualifier in, in Semple Stadium. So yeah, that didn't do much to take the pressure off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just you know, and uh, somebody said a great point was you had. DJ Carey come to end of his day, Henry Shelton was coming on to the team, you had Henry Shelton come to the end of his day, you had Richie Hogan coming on, so the pressure was always on Henry Shelton when Richie Hogan could slip in. Pressure was on DJ Carey when Henry Shelton could slip in. Joe Canning didn't have that. 18, 19, bang, he's Joe the main Canning was Joe Canning was, getting, was under terrible pressure from the Galway public to go into the senior team. He, he actually said, I'm not going to go into the senior mm. team at the age of 18. And that, like he, so he was under pressure from actually forget about his debut from the year before his debut. He was under pressure from the goal of, uh, hurling public to go in and be a senior <laughs> player at at eighteen years of age, and that's what he's lived like for for ten years, and that's why I think so many neutrals yesterday. Whatever about Waterford, whatever about Galway, on a very personal level, the idea that Canning wins his All Ireland was actually a very potent thing. I think in a lot of people's heads. Uh, going into yesterday's game, yeah. But for me, as a player, he just seems to do the right thing every time when he's on the ball, and he just, you know, I mean what's a good hurler? He looks comfortable on the ball, and that's Joe Canning. No, Michal who was quite pointed afterwards a couple of times. He he made the point that people have called this team chokers, that the lads have been eviscerated at various times. What what did Michal Donahue bring to the table that allowed Galway, because so many have tried and not quite got there, to get over the line this time? Well, I think, you know, that comment, and I was I was critical to myself in the past when Linsky, myself, and Conor Hayes had been well, it's, it's, it's well recorded, we were critical, but different teams, different times, different places. This team are no jokers. Uh, they're, they're a fantastic outfit, I thought. That's, uh, Michal, you know, Anthony Cunningham contributed a lot, in fairness, to when you have to respect that and acknowledge that. And it was unfortunate, kind of the circumstances in which the the change was made. But Mihal came in, and he has a very good background in with him. He's a solid guy. He's very grounded again, and uh, very astute, you know, and served his time well with with his under twenty one with Vincent Mullins and down in Tipperary and learned the ropes. And uh, I know him well, and, you know. And I, his dad is a Ballandarian man from my own club, and I I I met some Clarenbridge people last night, and I was reminding them that. As great as a Bellandarian man managed the team, but uh, that didn't go down too well with Kevin Rice people. But nonetheless, he's very grounded. He got the one big thing he done, I think, was Carroll's McInerney. A lot of people tried him wing forward, wing back, corner back, dropped him. Most people would say he's not good enough, not up to it. But Jesus, he centre back and he filled the void. And the one thing we've been missing kind of the last 29 years is kind of the spine of the team. I think Garroch made the spine of the team. He was always there and he was going to be full or centre. Joe was centre forward, David Burke, Johnny, Johnny Cohn midfield. But Garroch made it and, and, and was the missing link. And to spot that, and Fadl had that as well in his time, like to be able to pick the right person in the right place and put together a winning team. And I thought Neal's best stroke was sticking with Garroch and put him in centre. What a man. Like, I mean, he was outstanding. Austin Gleeson, a great hurler. Gallagher just swallowed him up yesterday, really, and took the ball off him on a few occasions. And for me, this year, that was the the big the big decision. And Mihal's greatest stroke. And uh, fair play to him, and wished him well. And you know, a great backroom team. And it's now about defin- defending the All Ireland now and defending the title. And um, you know, we'll celebrate for a few days, but going back again. And they're a great team. And feel sorry for Waterford in many respects. I mean, the. Um, Kevin Morden as captain, we were four or five, six, maybe six pints up, and Watford looked kind of bad, and Morden went up and he got a goal and a pint, and 
great leadership to pick Welsh outstanding Noel Connor's superb all day you know and that day will come again Absolutely a, f- a few days celebration sounds a little bit conservative Noel but however long they go on enjoy them and thanks very much for talking to us today Thanks very much Bye bye Interesting to hear Noel there make a small reference to defending the title next year because this is interesting I've been talking to Murph about this off air I think you're reasonably confident Murph that the uh, certainly the psychological baggage is all gone now that Joe has his All-Ireland Galway have mm. their All-Ireland and all that kind of thing but this always happens when a team who hasn't won for years wins one you start thinking about how good they look and how they actually could go on to dominate or could at least go on to defend the title and it never really happens because I guess because it's that you've been in this situation uh, Owen I guess because everyone over celebrates a bit and that might be I don't, I don't know if that's boozing for too long into the winter or if it's just the stuff of all the demands that are placed on you, bringing the trophy around and into January, February, March of the next year. It seems like it's very hard for teams to actually get into the right space the following year. Yeah, look, um, I suppose it, I don't know it's appropriate to be talking maybe about that today, you know, the day after you win Nollard and... Um, you know, let them enjoy it and that. I see it in Tipperary last year. Michael Ryan done everything in his power to try and, you know, stop that hype of, of talking about two in a row and that. Um, you know, the thing for me with each player has that burning desire because good teams win in All-Ireland, brilliant teams win them back-to-back or win maybe three or four in a row, like, do you know what I mean? So, mm. like, I suppose even as a player now, maybe the Cork, players are the only guys with the exception of the Kenny guys 04 and 05 they can consider themselves an exceptional team they won the All-Ireland back-to-back and obviously Kilkenny done the four in a row and they done multiple twos in a row so you know it, that'll be the new burning ambition for Galway come January um, you know let them enjoy it at the moment maybe they might have a head start They're, I'm not sure what way the league is going to be structured next year maybe they might be in the 1B whatever way the fixtures go um, they might have not as tough games to start off so Maybe Michal Donoghue is obviously very good at reading how he wants his team to peak. And just going back to Noel Lane's point, seeing a player and what he can bring the day, the big day, is the big thing. He mentions how Sir Farrell could spot a player. But Gerard McInerney strikes me as a guy that wouldn't be the slickest guy in training, I'd say. Might get cleaned out maybe in training by a couple of the Cahill Mannions and a couple of these Conor Whelan Speed Demons. But he seems to me that the guy you want him the day of the Ireland final when there's 82,000 there. He just character. And I think Michal Donahue obviously seen that within Gerard McInerney character. And you can't buy that. You can't train a guy. Psychologists talk to him. I think you either have that or you haven't. It. And the Tommy Walsh is this world. Character. Just character on that day. You know what I mean? And Gerard McInerney, for me, that's him. You know what I mean? And other managers couldn't see it in him. And obviously Michal Donahue seen something different in him. And look what he done for him. But, you know, Galway, look... Their age profile is young. They're definitely going to be contenders for the next couple of years. And look, I can see them in the next three or four All Ireland semi finals. So, you know, that's the stage to get. To. And from then on, it's uh, as we see in this year, it's a puck of a ball between yeah, teams. Big thing there, though, is like you know, some some years a team wins in All Ireland, and you kind of look around and go, "Whew, they'll be tough, tough to to match next year." But the field is very flat. Mm. At the minute, more so than 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 yeah. for a long time. Like yeah. you, you'd like if you go down through the list of teams that that you would in your head just in in the blink of an eye rule out of an All Ireland last year or next year. I mean, do you get six counties down the list? Do you get five? Like like w- would you sit here and say Kilkenny won't come back? Would you sit here and say Clare won't be good? Cork, Tiff, yeah, Dublin's manager Dub- appointment will be interesting. Yeah, there's, uh, d- yeah, there's any amount like the the it's. There's no way of sitting here today and saying that Galway are going to be, you know, 
two in a row, three in a row. It's yeah. like it's a very it's a very open field now. Yeah, I think um, I think actually the point that that I would make about Galway, and I I don't foresee them dominating. I don't I don't think they're going to win the next three or four All Irelands. I think actually it's more that they can they can they're going to be measured now as. Uh, a team that have won in All Ireland, mm-hmm. and it changes the conversation around Galway profoundly. Yes. And we'll see that in the you know if Mayo win the Mayo are a more extreme example of it. But if Mayo go on and win the football final, the conversation around Mayo is going to be completely different. They're going to be thought about completely differently, and that's what I'm talking about more so than yeah. me thinking that Galway are going to win four mm-hmm. Irelands in a row. I think that Galway are going to be judged on their merits now. Canning is going to be judged on his merits. It's not you're they don't have to handle this. This idea that you know what Galway will show up as we were talking about on mm. on Thursday, you yeah, know that's, that's gone forever. Like. Yeah, exactly, and but it's gone for twenty years anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for this group, of players, yeah, definitely. yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. You know, so I would say that you know the field is very flat, but that there is a potential not in the next two years, but maybe in the next six or seven years for Galway to win another two All Irelands. Sure, because what you what you actually saw, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can you could go back to any All Ireland final and say. Seven players scored two points or more from play, and that's what Galway had yesterday. That's like that's a pretty extraordinary. Yeah. You know, if if you're looking uh, through the team, right? You know, how do you get to a winning total? You know, and you probably you say right, well, the free taker uh, in this case, Joel, have to hit twelve or thirteen, yeah. and you get there somehow. You know, yeah. but if you can say every every one of the Galway forwards can look back, can wake up to it today this morning and say. God, that was you know I did one or two great things yesterday. That I did one or two brilliant things that like got the crowd on their but feet. Is, isn't that doesn't that bring it all back full circle to what and not to focus on him precisely again, but it brings it all the way back to Joe because for all the years and the ten seasons that he played and all those years when he was carrying the team and you were going well if. If they can, if if Joe, you know, Joe, Joe could get them to an All Ireland. You know, three yeah. or four, three or four of the years that you would have said, you know, Joe could take them to an All Ireland. No, he needed to be playing in a team where seven players scored two points in an All Ireland yeah. final because that's the only way it works. Yeah, you know, there are it's the motiv- motivation going forward too. Like yeah. you can just see here in the aftermath, and we touched on it briefly here. This All Ireland was all about family. Mm-hmm. Michal Dunno, it was just all about Jason Flynn and the immediate aftermath talking about his brother yeah. died in a car crash mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, like the emotion that was there with them mm-hmm. Galway players, I say, the last two or three weeks, it was all about family. Like it was, it was amazing to hear. Like I don't know, was it a plot by Michal Dunno? He was genuinely about it as well, but just to take the hype nice bit away, like he he swung it a nice direction, a completely different direction, which touches everyone in our daily lives but would touch everybody in that dressing room as well in some small capacity and in a bigger capacity for some of the guys so you know Michal who really managed a couple of weeks in the lead up to it absolutely perfectly and you can't underestimate that Just a last word on Waterford Malachy the I mean Derek McGrath afterwards was a broken man mm. you could see it in his eyes he'd obviously been shedding bucket loads of tears in the dressing room he did talk about the pride he had in the players for not going away after that rotten start mm. so I guess that's the one bit of solace for them that they that it didn't as you said on it didn't turn into what had happened in 2008 again they they showed up without playing to their mm. best is that enough do you think to take that team forward into the next couple of years without too many mental scars from yesterday I think so yeah I, th- I think you know it was their, f- their first final most of them um they have a lot of underage success. They're clearly, there's clearly a huge amount of talent there. Um, it will be interesting. They will be a really interesting team to watch over the next couple of years. Uh, I think it's reasonably clear 
without getting too bogged down in systems and tactics again. They need to evolve. They need they need to find a way an easier to find a way to get easier scores. Like like you were saying, Owen, they were get Galway were getting their scores easier. Like or if we were chiseling them out of rock. Yeah. And know, to and ad- adapt during games, maybe. Adapt during games. And, and to be fair to them, th- their game plan is almost, is, is almost predicated on, on changing mid-game, but it's a pre-planned change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, wh- and yesterday, that plan went out the window because Morris had to come on after 20 minutes mm. rather than after yeah. 50 minutes. And the knock-on effect of that is that they were playing to their, to their sort of last 20-minute uh, system for the guts of 50 minutes, which meant way more running for Jamie yeah. Barron, which meant way more running for Kevin Moore. And it is, they, they, were pr- they do need to evolve. I think he'd, he'd say that himself. Like but he, I, don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he is the, as, as rigid with all of this as, as it's sort of made out. I think he's a, th- it's very clear that he's a thinker. He's very clear that he's somebody who, who wants to find the best way of, of, of suiting his players. I think it is really important for them that he stays. Yeah. I would be dubious enough as to whether he he wants to, but I think it's it's very important, especially because his bond with that group of players is so so tight. I think somebody else coming in, you'd worry that somebody else would come in and it might take him two or three years to get them into into the right sort of place. Mm-hmm. Whereas whereas he, he they're stuck to him, he's stuck to them, and I, it it I I think it's important for Waterford that he stays, but whether yeah, he does I, or not, I don't I'm, know. I'm just saying, I hope he stays. I like Derek McGrath; he's a serious innovator, and you know, even you look at Shane Bennett went off early enough in the game yesterday. You know, he was nearly a cue when he used to go off in the previous games for Waterford to really attack, mm. run down the channels, create the overlap. You know, he was missing Tom Devine; he he was gone on. He was gone on his year out, let's say, uh, and Conor Gleeson as well. So you could say he played his All-Ireland final for the guts of 60 minutes, Derek McGrath, missing three influential players. So probably even it did, the ball didn't fall, didn't hop from right in, in those circumstances. You want your full deck to, to pick from. So, But you know, he, I think he's excited the championship, Derek McGrath. He talks very openly. Um, I'm just worried that he will go and then... You know, the bond you have with a manager, when a manager goes, like, that's something you have to deal with as well. Like, that's another back to families and brothers and what you speak about. And next thing he's gone and you're like, oh, you know, you're you're left in the lurch again and you feel lonely, for the want of a better word. Like, this is a breakup of a family. So, you know, for Waterford today in the Burlington Hotel this morning, them them players are on sitting on that bus now, not really knowing what's going to happen in the next month or six weeks, which is is, is disappointing for them. So I just hope for their sake and for Hurland's sake, because I, I really like him that Derek McGrath stays on. Absolutely. Owen, great to have you in the studio. Malachi, brilliant stuff. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. Who's going to be the man? Stealing yards. It's going straight to Kerry Kerry with kick out. Who's going to win it? Who's going to be the man? Go on, Carson! Tom Parsons. No, Tom! It's going straight to Kerry, man. Number six, no, 
high. That's with number eight, David Bourne. Bourne to Sheehan is just on. A male man pin tight. No, it's a free for Kerry. A free for Kerry about 50 metres out. Oh, oh, this is heartbreaking. It's a free from Kerry right in the middle of the pitch. He's after taking, he should be going back further. He has stolen a yard or two. Watch him. Yeah. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. We played five minutes, which has been a lot of injury time. Kerry 214. Mayo 214. Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan. He oh, goes, yes, go, wide, go, go wide. Keep go wide. Go wide. Go wide. Is it going out? No, Mayo man gets him. It's still in play. That's there. Full time. It's all over. Full time. It's all over. We're oh, going to have to do it all over God. again. What a game. What an absolute thriller. And credit to both sets of players. Credited them for the effort they gave, for the passion they put into it, for the football they played, for the actual sportsmanship that was there, for the actual scores that they got. That game had everything that you want to see except a Mayo win. Got an email here from Cahill O'Kareen, who says, Dear second captains, massive fan of the show, World Service member, euphoric Galway fan. Setting a stall out earlier. At one point in Joe Canning, I think his celebrity status in the game means his performances are hugely underrated unless he does something spectacular, which he often does. He scored two from play in the first half, one of them a brilliant first score to settle the nerves, made two other points with brilliant crossfield passes to teammates in space, scored every single free he was given, and even scored a sideline cut. He also got through a mountain of work. Nonetheless, pundits are saying Galway won the final, even though even though Joe had a quiet day. Any other forward would be in the shake-up for man of the match. I know he won't care. He's got his All-Ireland medal. Thanks for all the brilliant po- podcasts. Kind regards. From Carl, yeah, I guess I don't think our pundits were saying it a quiet day. Carl, he didn't, he wasn't involved that much in the second half from open play, I don't think, but he continued to knock over the freeze, uh, inclu- including one particularly long one when it mattered. Which, and also, he was brilliant in the first half, so I don't know if you could have asked much more. And let's not forget the semi final, the little con- contribution towards yeah. the end of the No, I think, uh, you know, I mean, and it is, uh, I suppose, it, maybe it's, it's difficult for Joe sometimes, you know, just to. Like, like he was talking to <laughs> talking to us about the bus, you know, this idea that he was like, I really just want to focus on my own game this year, you know, and just it can't be all about me, you know, it has to be all about God. And then he like he sees the the new team bus that arrives, and Joe Cadding's face is on the front <laughs> yeah, of the team bus, yeah. you know, you're just like, how the hell are you supposed to deal with this? Like, but no, I mean, I thought he was, I thought he was good yesterday. I mean, I thought he was very good yesterday. Um, I, you know, David Burke, Dahi Burke, Garrett McInerney were all probably better than him, but there aren't many more better than him. Mm. Um. And I think that's like that was the key thing that a lot of neutrals watching the game took out of it. That whatever about they w- it would have been great to see Waterford win it. It would it was great to see Galway win it. And really, the the key point behind that, the key motivation behind that, was that Joe would then be an All Ireland winner. I think that's a, that was a big motivation for neutrals. Two final questions for you, okay, Ken? I know you've been dying to know this. Yeah. Firstly, what did you do post match? And secondly, this is a double question. It, it is yeah. linked. Yeah. How did the big man hold up Tony Murphy after Waterford's defeat? Okay, so uh, I actually spent Saturday night. I, I might as well go through the full thing. Well, I went, Saturday night, met a lot of my Waterford cousins. Mm-hmm. Sunday before the game, met many, many more. So very emotionally exhausting before the game had even begun. Uh, no, no disrespect to your Waterford cousins, of course. Oh no, well I mean it was. It was it's just when you're meeting a lot of people. No, no, it, it's not even so much that. It was like all of us. Unbelievably excited, delighted to see each other. Oh, and it was just they were going through a lot of emotions. I was going through a lot of oh, emotions. Okay, yeah, yeah. So as a result, it was it was draining because you're trying to, you know, it, it was brilliant to see all my cousins. I don't see them all that often, mm-hmm. so it was just, you know, it was just full on. Great. And then Sunday game game starts. Uh, uh, we win. 
I we go I we go back the Murphy family always meet outside the Hogan's Town pub in the North Circular mm-hmm. Road. Uh We'd said to all of our Waterford cousins, please come along, win, lose, or draw kind of thing. A lot of them, understandably, decided not to take us up on our offer. Uh, but a few of them did call over. Uh, and then it was just a uh, uh, giddy delight. Murphy brothers drinking some pints on the North Circular till about 8 o'clock. Then I got hungry, ate a burger for myself. And all of a sudden, the exhaustion of the day hit me quite heavily. So I uh, had a couple of pints in the Palace Bar. Met Nicky English uh, <laughs> uh, and left at around, I don't know, quarter past 11 maybe. Well, that sounds like a nice that. respectable day, straight home because, to watch a Sunday game. Because, oh, yes, in the back of my mind, there was a nagging concern that I hadn't heard the analysis. I, you know, I could watch the highlights, but the volume was down. So I felt I had to go home, pour myself a cup of tea, mm-hmm. eat a pink snack and watch the Sunday game. Nice image. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the party really kicked off at around midnight, or is what I'm telling you, with the cup of tea. What about Tony Murphy? Tony, pretty disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, pretty disappointed, I must say. He was 11 years old when Waterford won their last All-Ireland title, and he's still waiting. So that's, you know, he was... His sons were happy, though. That's the main thing. Yeah, (laughs) to be honest, that didn't really impact massively on his enjoyment of the the day. But no, he did. He held up up fine. Uh, It was uh, an honour and a privilege to be there with him and go through the whole thing. Even if the result was good for me, but not good for him. But it was, uh, yeah, I think, to be fair, it was, he had an amazing weekend. Uh, just the results didn't quite. I mean, he was hanging out with his schoolmates from Old Parish uh, that he went to school with in, you know, 1950. He, he had a, uh, went to his first day of school in Old Parish National School in 1953 mm. and met a lot of those people that he met that day yesterday. So, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It was a pretty sensational day, but not the, not the result. Look, I think there would have been conflicted emotions no matter what. I think Tony's got to save his All-Ireland Waterford to save their All-Ireland for a Kilkenny final next year. Just yeah. not, all very clean. Neutrals know who to support. It's all very simple. Yeah. It was a bit complicated for everybody yesterday. <laughs> you know, nobody really knew who they wanted to see win. Thanks very much, Kieran. Uh, Congratulations again. I, did, people were saying this for yes, last night. So I, you know, fine, I suppose. People, said it, to, people yeah. said it to myself and probably Ken there. Yeah. Dublin won their first one in many, many years, Murph. So just lap it up. You're all part of the. Win 2011, of the yeah, no, I, I hear you. Guys. Thanks again. Congratulations, Kieran. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Congratulations Thank you all. to all you tribesmen and tribes of women out there. And we'll talk to you in the World Service during the week. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. 